we were talking about um, our hopes for the podcast that I'm interested in what you guys have to say because, you know, it's your baby. To some degree. I feel like the nexus, or, you know, the beginning point is more of like a baby or another thing that like we have done. It had to have catharsis, but it also had catharsis with meaning. I feel like just a bitch session for us would not be meaningful to listeners and also readers. Hello, transcript people. We care about you too. Hello. They give you a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. important to like to meaningfully <laughs> share something to establish who we, all the three of us are actually, to see if people want to continue on this journey with us and to bring people along as we go. But people are now listening to the foundational episodes. And I think that's important to establish character uh, and experience and see if anything resonates with people. So you gave a very answer, like you gave an answer very much for the audience, which is which is good. It's motivating. Um, my, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if I'm going to be transparent, I will say that, you know, we reached this point, I think like we talked to you about when we first started, where the next step wasn't clear, though when is the next step ever really clear? Um, these are obviously conversations and thoughts we've had for years. And so the intent was always to capture them in some way. But um it wasn't until our chat with you that it was like, oh, maybe instead of like writing this all down, maybe we can do a pod or maybe it can be more, you know, open and um, have an opportunity to invite other people in. But um, to me, like it's equal parts capturing like where we've been and what we've done, both so that we can leverage it for future opportunities, whether those are for Bub or for um, Bubba Jason or stepping stones to a career that combines all of our past lives for whatever's next. Um, but it, it was also just to, um, to be able to move on from some of these things too, like that. And I guess that's where the catharsis piece comes in. It's like just knowing that some of this stuff has been put to paper or put to voice is important. I think for both of us to be able to say, okay, like, you know, not like been there, done that, it's over. But, you know, that's a process for lots of things is to just like put it down and then um, see what pieces of it you want to pick up to go on your next journey. And that's for me, that's it's very much that process. And then the bonus of seeing where it can go and what it brings out in people. And if there's a community that we can help foster or or connect to other communities talking about similar things, um, that's really exciting. And it's been exciting to not be afraid to put our whole selves out there. Um, that's something we often talk about. Joan is better at doing than I am. And um, it's been interesting for probably the first time in my life to be like, this is what it is. You know, it's not the best thing. It's not the worst thing. It's what it is. And um, if it works for you, that's awesome. And if it doesn't, it's still worthy, you know. That's right. So I was thinking about, um, I've been thinking about the catharsis that comes from creation a lot within the past, actually the past 24 Mm. hours, 48 hours. Um, I was speaking with a friend of mine who's an author and, you know, we had brunch and it was really nice. And we were talking about how, well, I'm, I'm writing memoir right now and how there was one piece in particular that I had been carrying around for a really, really long time about a situation when I was very young and I wrote it. And a very strange thing happened, to me at least, that, you know, I think people talk about, but they don't talk about as openly as they should, Mm -hmm. is that when you put it down on paper, you put it down. Mm -hmm. 
and you and and you're able to carry on. And you were talking about those, you know, those moments of catharsis during the pod where you were able to talk about something and learn about the things. And it almost feels like you, you put it out there. It's created. It's dropped. And now I can it, it, it exists somewhere. It doesn't have to live in my head anymore. Right. So I can move on and do and take the next steps. And I think that that's a real gift that writers have in particular that and journalists. I'm not journalists. I'm journal keepers, mm. people who, you know, who write memoir or it's it's a gift because it, it much to your point, you know I'll put it out there if you don't like it it's fine with me because ultimately I'm the first one who benefits mm-hmm. and if you know but you also find out that you put it out there and other people it does resonate with other people it it, it kind of renews your hope that we are all connected in some way and can relate in some way that's very human and um, it makes us feel, you know, maybe more compassionate towards another, one another or just simply more connected to one another. Um, so, yeah, I think the creative process for people who don't feel as though they're creative, they should just try it for the sake of mental sanity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> mental sanity and growth. doesn't matter how it turns out. That's right. Um, yeah. And I think, too, this, this form of um, create, creating, uh, too, I think when it comes to – I mean – obviously meeting you and talking with you, but then thinking about our story and thinking about all of these things that we've wanted to capture, you know, at one point we're like, maybe it's an op-ed or maybe it's a book or, you know, and, um, and it might still be those things, but, um, also knowing Joan's strengths and desires as a creative all her own, I think this format is wonderful for giving people a little taste of that and seeing, you know, where it could lead in other ways as well. That's right. Mm-hmm. So all of our, well, what are your, I mean, you were. Oh, I was hoping I was going to dodge the <clears> question. I mean, no, you're in the, I mean, <laughs> we're in the same room. You can, you get like chopping the larynx, you know what I mean? Judo, chop. Yeah. <laughs> and then like bounce. <clears throat> I mean, I could cut it from the edit, but yeah. Um, I think, you know, I, I did a pod um, around this time last year, I released, and I'm thinking about re-releasing, adding some more content to it. Um, it's It was called Aspirations and What Become of Them. And a lot of it was wrestling with my own choices many years ago, deciding that I didn't want to go into radio as a career. And it was something that all throughout college, it was, you know, it was in the back of my mind that, you know, I'd possibly go to a radio station, try to find a place that might want somebody like me. And it became glaringly apparent after I graduated that it just was not going to work out. Satellite radio was coming into vogue and radio stations were dropping left, right and center. I, you know, didn't feel as though I could find very strong mentorship. You know, perhaps if I had a dick, I would have been okay. Um, But a lot of times I'd put myself in positions where I'd say, oh, I want to do this, this and this. And you know, the person who looked back at me said, well, you can do a voiceover, but you have to raise your voice a little and you have to kind of sound sexy and you have to do this. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think this is going to work. Like I'm just trying to be myself. Mm -hmm. So I packed that away for so many years. And then I came to Ohio where I was left with basically nothing. (laughs) I had, I had mended, which um, at the time was solely um, web design, marketing, that kind of stuff. And I didn't have any friends here. I had my kids at home because of COVID and all of these other, you know, 
things that were kind of thrown in my way. So I decided to begin to focus on the passions that I had had years ago to see if I could find something. And it started with joining the May Festival Chorus. So I sing with chorus that performs with the Baltimore Symphony. I'm the Baltimore Symphony. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. The the, the um, Cincinnati Symphony. Um, so we performed the Cincinnati Symphony and Pops. And, you know, that's been wild because I thought that I was a pretty good singer and damn this thing has schooled me left right and center and I've learned so much and it's so great to be in my you know coming into my late 40s knowing that there is so much to learn about something that I love Mm. has been wonderful so I I did that I joined a group called Women Writing for a Change which was when I started writing memoir Um, and they're a women uh, led writing organization in Cincinnati as well I was taking online lessons and then a, a Seth Godin offering came through for learning how to podcast. The price was right. And I'm like, let's let's see what I could do with it. So it's been like a, this exploration of what I can make on my own. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to be away from the forces that I would have felt really embarrassed to do this in front of. I didn't yeah. realize as much as I love Baltimore. I love, love Baltimore. Um, what was sitting in front of me there was keeping me and stifling me from expressing myself as myself Mm. because I was very different than a lot of the people I am very different than a lot of the people that I had come to associate myself with um, through mostly through relationships with my children Um, I was not the you know I had a lot of like alpha females around me and I that is just not me Mm. and you know, I, I I felt embarrassed and stifled. And, you know, my husband was traveling a lot, too, so I couldn't leave the house to do certain things because I'd be – I was with the kids. Yeah. So that's really been just growing my abilities and, you know, it's it's kind of like a really great quilting project, right, <laughs> or something like a hobby that you're like, well, I'm pretty good at this and I can make the stitches, but – can I do this paneling? Can I do this? You know, it, it's just how good can I get this to be? Um, and that's solely personal. I'm, I also love exploring the um, the ideas of work and what people do for work, mm-hmm. whether work needs to be meaningful. That's a very new construct in society is work as meaning, work as joy. Uh, that That is a... <laughs> And what what is that? I mean, do I teach my children to look for joy in their work or do I teach them to just do work that's good? Yeah. And separate, you know, so those kind of themes I'm I'm really ex- I'm really ex- excited to explore and always love to explore. So, yeah, this kind of this project definitely scratched an itch and continues to do so. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It was very thorough and well thought out for someone who was going to pass on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've I've always got something <clears throat> packed in there. That's the problem with my brain. It's never really resting. No, so. I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> a, got two hours of sleep last night. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> no, but it's so true. And yeah. the your last point really sticks with me too about um, meaning and work and joy and all of that because I think that's part of at least the the point that I'm in right now is that I've never approached work from any other vantage point than that and so um there is you know there is a little bit of a reckoning at a time when more people are on board with that but it 
it seems like, well, I guess it depends. If you've been in the workforce a long time, um, there is some deeper, maybe there's never been that approach and now it's time to like, you know, there is a reckoning post COVID and all of that. I feel like younger workers, you know, are thinking that because why not? And the world has changed, but also younger workers are often more idealistic, at least in the fields that I've been in are more idealistic and more searching for that from jump. And then, you know, reality sets in a little bit. Um, but that's a lot of what this time is too. And I feel like, what did you say? There's like a thousand podcast or I, there was a stat, there's like a thousand podcasts an hour or something, but I feel like there's still room for people's voice. I mean, that's the point, right? There's still room for people's voices and people's stories. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I mean, there's tons of garbage, of course. There's garbage everywhere. But um, even that has its audience, right? So um, it is an interesting time. I'm excited to see where this can go beyond just the story of our entrepreneurial journey thus far and, you know, larger larger topics and um, guests and who knows. It's unfinished. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact that, like, there's so much that we don't say in every episode where you can have a separate episode unpacking a specific thing by kind of, like, understanding what people want to hear before just putting stuff out there. I mean, you could, I, you know, I, I definitely have visions of writing up um, screenplay or their type of work that's going to be mostly comedic about a shared kitchen. Because it's just, like, mm. people love workplace stories, and I feel like it's something so unique and different, and this would not be, like, shows like the bear which i have not seen and don't intend to but <laughs> but there's just so much that we're like that we're leaving but i would rather have them be a little more jam-packed and then people can you know, we can like zoom out of something it's hard to like i mean this is like years of work and experiences and i did anywhere from like 45 minutes like an hour 15 come on yeah yeah and everything you just yeah. shared right like i mean where's the you know that's its own thing i mean there's just lots there's lots <laughs> 